0: Welcome to the SDR Chronicles with your host, Morgan J. Ingram.
1: This is the source for motivation, tips, and skills for all aspects of your sales, sales development, and entrepreneurial journey. I'm OG, y'all new to the game.
0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Morgan J. Ingram here, host of the SDR Chronicles, bringing motivational tips, tactics, and also just strategies to be as good as you can be in your SDR journey, your account executive journey, and also your entrepreneur journey, as I believe that self-development is a module focal point for your career and also for your life because we use it every single day. And today I have Adam, VP of sales at Toast. And today we're going to really dive into a lot of different things on, you know, how you can really gravitate your team to grow on um, as SDRs, but also really diving into what do you need to be doing in a noisy world to get in front of executives and have the right messaging. So Adam, tell us a little bit more about yourself and also why you're excited about this topic today.
1: Sure. So uh, first of all, I wanna thank you for this podcast. It's awesome. My team loves it. And just in general, I think what you're doing to help bring attention and education to the SDR world is just fantastic. So uh, really delighted to be your guest today. Um, so I'm the VP of inside sales at toast, uh, the, a little bit of, about me. I'll tell you as succinctly as I can. It, it seems like 36 is a lucky number for me in, in some ways. I'm 36 years old. Um, before toast, I was employee number 36 at a company called HubSpot. And I was there for about six and a half years, grew them to over a thousand employees, uh, IPO and, uh, really I think delighted a lot of customers and, and helped a lot of folks over there from there again, the number 36 comes back. I was employee 36 again at toast. Um, That was uh, about three and a half, almost four years ago now. Um, For a while, I ran one of our outside sales teams. Um, And then about a year ago, I switched over and uh, and have been running the inside sales team since then. So uh, our company is, uh, I guess, about uh, 1,200 or 1,300 employees now. We've grown very quickly in the last four years. Um, For those that aren't familiar with Toast, um, Toast is a restaurant uh, technology platform uh, we sell point-of-sale technology specifically for restaurants and uh, really where I think we differentiate ourselves is it's a not just a cloud-based platform but an Android place excuse me an Android based uh, cloud platform and that allows us to do a lot for the guest experience as well as for the owner so really our general mission at toast you know everything we do at toast is really there to help the restaurant owner run a more efficient business, um, and we do that by really focusing on the guest experience. So when you're selling to restaurant owners, uh, one thing that I've learned over my time here is that it is an incredible breeding ground for salespeople. Um, the uh, the fact that a, f- a few things for one, um, when you call a restaurant, they actually have to pick up the phone, right? So. You know, for most SDRs out there, uh, you know, a lot of you're you're trying to sell to a chief marketing officer, chief information officer, someone in IT, it's really hard to get those people on the phone. So it's like, okay, the company that I work for either has to have a ton of inbound leads um, or I'm never going to develop as a salesperson, right? Because the only way I have this theory that you're never really going to be a really, really like top tier salesperson until after you've had a thousand sales conversations because it's really the only way to learn. Right? So by selling to restaurants, they have to pick up the damn phone, right? I could be a table. So we try to leverage that as much as we can. So our SDRs are really efficient. Uh, They do a really good job of getting people on the phone and therefore they have a lot of opportunities to get those first sort of thousand calls out of the way, if you will, and get really, really good. So um, for me, it's been a, a, a fantastic experience. Um, because there's just such an opportunity for salespeople to develop and grow, mainly because of that.
0: Absolutely, and you know the, thats crazy. That the 36—that's kind of crazy. 36 at home, and The 36 at Toast—it's almost if you're strategically planning this out. So, <laughs> but it's that is a cool aspect.
1: Um, Sorry, I'm just having a hard time um, having a hard time hearing you. But uh, yeah, I've been very very lucky to land it at, at two great companies early. I'll take no credit for that. Really, it was just mm. just luck. Uh, maybe the big man watching over me. I'd say that maybe you know, not totally effing it up during my tenure there. I could take some credit for that, and maybe shed some light on that for folks. But um, I do. I, I have learned about how sort of what the similarities are in those two companies, um, and I'm happy to talk about that today. And I would think that uh, you know, many many moons from now, if I'm not working at Toast, I would look at that criteria again when I'm looking to make a move. And I think it's helpful for people to understand what that is.
0: Absolutely. So let's definitely dive into what the topic is today, which is how can we get above the noise and how can we provide that value? So for you, getting tons of emails every single day, maybe getting tons of calls, how do you determine as an executive what to answer and then around you when it's so noisy and there's so much going on?
1: Yep, yep. This is a really good question. And I feel like it's, uh, uh, the answers that I typically hear are things like stand out, right? Send them something, information, show that you did research on them. And that's all true. Like You have to do that. To me though, that's just like, kind of like table stakes now, like you don't get any bonus points for looking for that information. That's just how the world is now, right? I think that if you need to stand out, the only way that it has really worked for me as I was, I was thinking about this, is if I get a referral from somebody that I know and I really trust, um, that's huge. My calendar opens up and I'll, and I'll take that meeting. Uh, I recently evaluated some software and uh, I had been avoiding this guy like crazy. and Eventually, the meeting came about, and I came into the meeting, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be awkward. I've been, like, avoiding this guy, and I find out in the meeting that a friend of mine is one of the early investors in the company, right, from HubSpot, and it's like, man, if you had just mentioned that, we could have had this meeting a year ago, you know? So uh, I think, like, understanding how to, you know, name drop where it's appropriate, but more importantly, get a referral uh, is the, really the, the key to standing out for SDR. So it's really important that you build a good network, you network with good people, and that has this sort of one plus one equals three effect.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. So when it it comes to those referrals, SDR coming in, um, entry level sales professional, that's maybe coming into an AE, what do they need to be doing to get that network? You mentioned obviously connecting people on LinkedIn, there's probably events, but what can someone do if they're brand new to the space?
1: Yeah, um, good question. I think you've got to you've got to really be proactive. It's got to be one of these things that you don't just say you're going to do and you believe in. You've got to make time for it, right? And you've sometimes uh, that time can be hard, hard to find, right? When you're trying to network and stick out and, and make good connections. Um, I'll share one example. The um, uh, uh, one of my one of my mentors. Um, I'll tell you how he became a mentor of mine. Is uh, I, I, I used to work with a guy named Mike Volpe at HubSpot. Um, he's now the CEO of a company called Lola, which by the way, is one of the coolest apps on my phone. I use it every time I travel, but I digress. And uh, Mike was a guy that I really wanted to learn from really, really hard to get on his calendar, right? I'm a lowly sales guy. He's the chief marketing officer. How am I going to do this? Well, as it turns out, um, we're both commuters. We happen to both commute into Cambridge every day from a similar location. So I just said, Mike, can I pick you up and drive you to and from work every now and then? I would love that time in the car with you. Right. And he was willing to do it, right? You got, got a free ride and uh, I got world-class education um, by having him ride shotgun with me. So I think sometimes you have to be creative, but at the end of the day, it's really all about making time to do it and committing to doing it because it's really, really important.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And I think also just as you're a new employee, you can easily go, I mean, if it's not a big organization, if it's a good sized organization, go talk to your managers, go talk to your manager's manager and just ask those questions to figure out that information ask them out for lunch, maybe, hey, go get coffee in the morning, get up early. Those are things that you can do to figure out the access information that you need to be going after. So you also went back to, hey, we should already be looking at insights and finding information. And you also mentioned those referrals as well, which I think are good points. How have you, when is the last time a rep has messaged you with a story and you're like, I have to respond to this? And let's talk about how often that does not happen, but it should be happening more. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it definitely does not happen um, happen that often, but uh, I'm I do have a little bit of a soft spot for salespeople because I've I've done the role. So of course, in, in many ways, um, and this is probably true for other you know sales VPs. A lot of us started off as SDRs ourselves, myself included. So um, if I see someone that's trying really hard, um, and they are trying to stand out, then yeah, I will I will use that. Video has been great, right? I uh, when I get a um, an email with a video embedded in it you know, someone's holding up the little whiteboard, hi, Adam, yep. uh, I click on every single one of those. And I think a lot of my peers do as well. Um, we've started doing it at Toast with our reps because we're finding that um, we, we get like four and a half times the open rate on emails that have a video embedded in it. And um, I heard a stat somewhere that like 60% of decision makers would prefer to get uh, that type of a message rather than an email with just text. So um, this is another one of those things that I think is becoming more popular, but still people aren't doing it. Even on my team, we've had some uh adopting it has been uh challenging but Mm. what's interesting is that once they've started doing it they realize that the returns are good so yeah it takes a slightly more prep up front but uh i feel like the juice is worth the squeeze
0: do you you feel like that's because they're afraid to do the video or do you feel like they're corny doing the video i've gotten that before people are oh this is corny i don't want to do this like why do you feel like people aren't doing it if they know the results are there (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know? I wish I knew the answer to that, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, some people aren't comfortable on camera. They do feel like it's corny. Um, it's just like, it's just too new, right? Yeah. And um, I sent out a note to my team with this little cartoon. It's a cartoon from like medieval times. And all these guys with swords are going off to fight a battle, like Braveheart style, right? And there's this guy sitting there with a machine gun. And the guy's caption says, I don't have time to see any salesman ever. And that's kind of like what's happening with uh, the wisdom videos. It's like, there's this amazing technology that would be a total game changer, right? And you're like, no, nah, I don't have time for that right now because I'm gonna keep doing things the, the old way. And um, that's a dangerous way of thinking, right? I mean, we're, I'm, I'm in tech, if everybody in tech thought like that, there'd be no advancement, right? So right. sometimes looking at, at things just a little bit differently with a slightly different lens um, is, opens up a lot of new opportunities.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned the, you mentioned that example, which kind of goes into the next question which is obviously all sales reps are asking, hey, we have some volume, we have to the volume. What should you do as a rep in the company if, you're, if they're saying, hey, we need to do all this high volume activities, I can hit this quota, but you know that the value-based activities, the personalized activities are going to lead to success. How do you differentiate that and how do I make sure that I'm bringing value even though I have
1: to do volume? Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if there's volume but no results, then what's the point, I guess? Right. So, um you know, I think my, my perspective on it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to make your quota. Um, there's some ways that are very, very proven. And um, my messaging has typically been like, if you've shown us that you can do it uh, sort of in the, in the tried and true way, then certainly go and experiment with these with these new things. Mm. Um, but oftentimes reps will ignore the proven path and uh, they'll just kind of try to do things on their own. And, and that has very, typically doesn't work out too well. So, you know, it's a tough balance to strike Morgan. But um, to me, it feels like if there's potentially a bigger issue going on, if you're being asked um, really, really just to make 150 dials a day, as opposed to like creating an opportunity every day, like we don't care how you do it, um, there's a bigger issue there, right? I think like potentially the management team is not focused on the right things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That is a that's a definitely a large arching organization issue. You gotta dive into that and figure that out. And let's kind of talk about let's say a volume, obviously your team's your team's making a ton of calls, obviously you're calling the restaurants. What are some things that you're telling them to focus on when, when they get on the phone and get people's attention? And when people make cold calls to you, what gets your attention that like, okay, I'm listening? Because we only really got two, three, four seconds nowadays. And I'm like, Yeah, I'm not listening to a word you're saying.
1: Totally. So uh, at Toast, the uh, part of our formula is when we call and we do connect with a decision maker or a heavy influencer, uh, it's such a localized business, restaurants, right? If, mm-hmm. if there's one restaurant in the neighborhood that's using Toast and they're having success with it, all the other owners want to know, like, well, why? Like, why aren't I using it? We should, we should use it too. Right. So um, the folks that have like a real good local presence, like almost this obsession about their local markets, um, they can talk the talk really easily. They know the owner's names. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times they've been to the restaurant themselves, there's a lot of authenticity when we call and we say, hey, we're helping out Joe down the street and we think we can really help out you too. Um, that catches someone's attention. It gets back to my earlier point about a referral or a sort of a quality name drop, I guess I'll call it. If it's, if it's done right, I think you will you will pay attention. So the same would go for uh, getting on my radar as well. I think like that's the best way to catch my attention. Um, especially mentioned, mentioned something, someone that I know that's using your product and having a lot of success with it. Um, someone actually told me recently, Hey, be, before you take a demo with me, this guy that you're connected with on LinkedIn uses it and talk, talk to him first. If you're struggling with this right now, And it was a hiring thing. And uh, I thought it was brilliant. I was like, I will go talk to him before I talk to you. Cause actually this is something that I'm trying to solve right now. And, uh, it was, it was a brilliant move by the SDR.
0: That, that's a really good point right there. So it's more so leveraging and looking at your LinkedIn, who you connect with and mentioning that is it, is it, is this, this question is, is it equally the same or does it or is there different levels to this? So let's say I looked at your LinkedIn, obviously work at Toast. If I know someone else that's working within your space or targeting your, your people, your personas, is that more relevant to you? Or if I mention someone that's in your network that you may know,
1: is that more relevant for you to take the conversation or are they're equally the same? It's more relevant if it's a a personal connection of mine, right? You may not know how how close of friends we are, right? But if you said, hey, you are connected with this guy, Ryan, that works over at this company, and uh, he's using our product, and he loves it, um, just talk to him. I'm going to be like, oh, I know Ryan. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Sure, I'll I'll follow him. I don't know if that answers your question or not.
0: No, 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 because, because yeah, because it does, because I, I think everyone has to think about like when they're reaching out to someone, like what do they care about the most? Like, is it, Hey, look, is it their personas that they're targeting in their actual industry or someone they know? Because I, I agree with you, Adam as well. If someone's like, Hey, so-and-so said I need to reach out to you and talk to you again, I'm more prone to do that. But if you know about my business, I'm still going to listen to you, but there's other people doing the same thing. Right. right. So if there's actually a, a more internal referral, or someone that I know outside of that, I'm going to listen to that person more.
1: Yep, yep, exactly right. Yeah, it's gotta be done carefully though, right? Like if you if you name drop uh, someone in your company and then like that person sits next to me, I'm gonna turn to them and say, hey, did you get this email too? And it's like, we have a good laugh about it, right? And um, I've made that mistake as, as an SDR, I think a lot of us probably have. Um, but hey, that's part of the first thousand conversations, right, that's why we have those.
0: <laughs> yes, you gotta make sure that you're referring to the people that are actually saying, hey look, refer to that person. I've done the same thing, uh, but is if you have context on why you're reaching out, that's super important. So I want people to really understand that as well as when you are having a conversation with someone, if you talk to someone else, make sure to reference that conversation. Don't go in cold. Don't go in blind. Have that context there. And I want to dive more into like the, what you're doing, there's a two questions here. You're in a very unique market. Personas are very unique in the POS space, reaching out to restaurants. How are you leading your team to have more conversations that convert to opportunities? You talk about phone, but talk about the other channels. And then within that, I actually saw that you're looking to promote 100 SDRs to closing roles or management roles. So tell me a little bit more how you're doing that at Toast and how you're really building that up, especially within the unique space.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, and I appreciate you asking. This is something I'm really, uh, really passionate about. You know, as a sales manager, you think to yourself like, well. I'm managing salespeople uh, it's really good you know we're, we're, we're helping one another but I'm not exactly mother Teresa here right, let's, let's be honest, right? Um, so uh, I like to think of myself I'll steal a quote from um, from Dharmesh here I am a red-blooded capitalist but I think I'm a warm-hearted red-blooded capitalist right so to me I was given some opportunities um, to grow as a young salesperson um, that really has helped me it's helped me shape my, my life and and uh, you know I, I support a wife and two and two kids um, uh, with the in many ways with the skills that I learned through my sales career right so I want the opportunity to do that again for as many people as possible and if I can can do that for a hundred folks at toast um, in our SDR program in 2019 I'll feel like I made a a small small dent in the the world right and uh, that's something I really care about right um, so how do, how do we do that? right? Let, let's go back to your question about all the unique personas uh, in our restaurant industry. Right. This is one of my favorite parts about selling at Toast. Uh, and actually I think it's a unique differentiator for us in terms of developing salespeople. Because like I said earlier, not only do our prospects have to get on the phone, so by nature, like, we will get better, um, just through all those conversations. But um, you know, once they're actually uh, on the phone, like, there are so many different types of personalities when it comes to really any type of small business owner, but really restaurant owners in general. Right. Some of them are uh, very, very rude, very aggressive, they'll just they'll just hang up on you. Um, others are like, they have you on the phone, but like you can almost hear them like spread mayonnaise on a sandwich or something, like they're just like not listening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and others are just, they just don't quite, most of them, they don't have a really good understanding of um, cloud-based technology, right? Um, you and I can throw around that term all day and like it makes sense to us. Mm. Um, but for a lot of small business owners that grew up in kitchens and their, their their parents worked in restaurants, like it is a very, very different world. So I come in like a freak talking about cloud technology, right? That's not gonna work. So um, adjusting our pitch such that it resonates, um, obviously not in a condescending way, please don't, don't I, 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 we don't, definitely don't do that. Sure. Uh, but uh, we, it's really important that we uh, are doing the right type of mirroring and the right type of, of messaging. Right? Um, so I think uh, with each persona, um, you get a little bit better. So it's like, okay, how do we teach our guys to handle that? Well, a lot of it just comes through practice. Um, but a lot of it is our training program, which I I think is, uh, perhaps we're not there yet, but we are aspiring to build the best sales training program in Boston. And I think that we have to, because we have these unique things about our company, um, that will make really good salespeople like the fact that we can have a lot of conversations like the fact that there are so many personas like the fact that if there is a, not only is it a great product, but if there's a neighbor using it, they're likely to listen to you and take a meeting. So it's like, wow, there is so much opportunity to grow as a salesperson. But if we don't train them, um, man, what a wasted opportunity, right? So we at uh, at Toast, we have three levels in our SDR program, um, level one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And at, at each level, um, you're learning uh, new things that fall into one of three categories. It's almost like a, a matrix of, of nine boxes, right? The first thing is... Are you being as efficient as you can the second thing is when you actually get somebody on the phone do you sound good and the third thing is is uh, what are you doing to advance your career right so at each level uh, it gets a bit more sophisticated um, with those things but by the time you finish with the program it's about a year Um, some folks move through it uh, faster than that because it it is results based it's not time-based they come out of that program um, with a not only like just real good basic understanding of like reports and Salesforce and systems and like all of that, um, they really know how to be really efficient with their time. They know what it means to prep, right? Um, Your question earlier about like balancing quality versus sort of high volume, what comes down to prep, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Folks that spend a half an hour before they go home at night prepping their next day, they come in and they're super efficient when they're butts in the chair, right? So that's doesn't happen naturally. Um, it happens through this training program, right? And they, they learn that once their butts in the chair, um, what are some things they can do that'd be really productive? And what is like not productive? It's not productive to call a restaurant owner at noon. They're really busy at that time. Right. Yeah. Um, that's much better time to maybe record some of those videos and get them out later. Right. So, um, little things like that. The second thing, obviously is sounding good on the phone, um, <laughs> probably need to find a better way of phrasing that, but basically (laughs) as a a brand new SDR, like someone that was in college a couple of weeks ago, like we want to teach that person a little bit differently than someone that's been in the program for a year, right? So for somebody that's uh, sort of at the third level, um, we want them to get to the point where they're basically able to do a full discovery call um, that's at the same level as a, a closing role, as an account executive, right? So getting really down deep on the business pain, um, the goals for that business and really how we can help, um, address the pain and hit that help, help that owner hit their goals. So, and then the third thing is just, um, you know, the career development piece, right? So again, at each level, we ask you to read uh, two different books, right? Um, and each book's got a theme, right? And there's different things that go, then there's also like these sort of sales skills type things that aren't necessarily fitting into either of the other two buckets. It's more just like, how do you get ready to be a closer, right? And like as an SA1, I love giving folks uh, how to win friends and influence people. I think it's just a great book. I think we've all read it. By, awesome. by, the time, by the time they get to their third book, it's like we're going to go through spin selling and you're going to know this is as good as Neil Rackham who, who wrote the book, right? right. Um, that by, like I said, by the time they come out of the program, they've got the skills where they can be making six figures, right? And again, I'm no Mother Teresa, but if I can do that for 100 folks um, at Toast next year, um, I'll feel really good about uh, coming to work every day.
0: Absolutely. I, I love that initiative. I love how you have the book segmented out and I love the levels uh, that you're building into it. And I and one thing that you did touch on, I think, was the calls. So, you know, one thing a big proponent of calling, obviously keep telling you all know that. But the big thing I always push on that is because you won't be able to sell really <laughs> You can't be conversational on the phone. Like you've got to understand how to ask those deep learning questions. You've got to figure out how to do those discovery questions as well. And if you don't know that, then obviously you're not going to be prepared in that next role. So I think that's always why it's super imperative to figure out what is my messaging on the phone? What am I saying? How am am I articulating that? And I feel like your goal is definitely tied to that. And these books that you pick, can other reps choose other books that they want to tie into it? Or do you have to give a report on those required readings? Super curious about that, because that really helps drive value-based conversations, especially to the personas that you're talking to.
1: So uh, yeah, there's certain books that are required, um, but we also have a library in the office with a bunch of books that are you know related, and uh, we've got a book program where any SCR can buy a book off Amazon, um, any business book, um, they don't need approval; they can just they just do it because um, we really believe in in training. So, you know, um, some of the books that we that we that our team has found to be really popular that are not on like the required list is we've got a bunch of Jocko fans in the office; they love Extreme Ownership. Right, awesome. I, I love um something that we're, we're doing that a, a bunch of folks that are starting to get getting ready to get promoted they're reading uh, uh rich dad poor dad right really doesn't have much to do with sales but like you're a lot of us are in sales to make money and like if you don't have good sort of financial literacy uh you're probably not going to make smart decisions with that money you're working so hard for so let's let's actually take a minute here to think about what compounding interest is in real estate and like you know, how quickly could you pay off your student loans if you thought a little bit differently about this? So, um, those, those types of things, I think the, uh, the reps that are taking advantage of it, I'm seeing them advance very quickly. It's like someone told me once that every time you read a good book, it's like a shortcut in your career. Yep. And that's, that should be really true.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I say the same thing. It's, hey, if someone's 60 years old and they wrote a book, that's really 60 years of knowledge that they're imparting on you. So, take the time to read that. So, mm-hmm. in the same vein with you. And really here, this is kind of coming back to the question that we had talked about earlier, but why are reps, why do you feel like they're not taking that time to learn about their personas in depth to have those value-based conversations? Why aren't they listening to the podcast, reading blogs, being in the community of the people that they're actually trying to talk to?
1: I think that, um, I don't know how deeply, I don't know how, how I don't know if sales reps go, could... Deep enough on understanding the problem that their solution solves.
0: Mm-hmm. At
1: the end of the day, salespeople are problem solvers. I think right, and uh, it seems like the more complex problem you're solving, the more you'll make as a salesperson, right? So um, the more, so that based on that, if you understand complex problems, you'll sell complex solutions, and you'll make money, right? So to me, uh, me, I'll, I'll speak for myself personally as a Definitely not the sharpest tool in the shed, right? I needed like a problem that like I could understand very easily to be good at selling, it, right? So HubSpot, for example, right? When I was a BDR, uh, you know, two thousand five to two thousand eight, like yeah. you were just starting to get leads off the web, like that didn't really happen that often. You we were making $100 a day, and like people actually answer the phone back then, or every now and then, not that much, <laughs> uh, more than they do now, and you can make a living that way. But man, every time an inbound lead would come in, it's like, oh, this is like gold. You'd be all over it, right? So when I found out that there was this little company in Cambridge called HubSpot that was helping businesses get more of those inbound leads, I was like, oh, I can sell the Living daylight out of thing because I've lived the problem, right? Um, same thing at Toast. It's like we've all had that experience where you're sitting at a restaurant. You've had a good meal. Um, but when it's time to go, it's time to go right and you sit there and you're waiting five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes for the check to come and You get irritated. It's just a really really bad experience um, Toast helps solve that problem amongst many others uh, when it comes to, to eating at restaurants. So My point is that whatever it is that you're selling take a minute to go really really deep on Understanding the problem that you're solving but one more example um, so we compete with these, legacy. Like, we're a very disruptive product. We, we compete with legacy systems, much the same way Salesforce competed against Oracle, Toast competes with Micros and Aloha and those types of companies. So um, I was with a uh, a rep in Miami and uh, the guy was talking about how much he dislikes his legacy system. And uh, my rep, Casey, he says, oh, let me guess, when you have to adjust, when you have to change the menu, do you have to like go into like this dropdown then like you click this little like checkbox and it spits out this huge list and you've got to scroll through it and it like takes forever. And the guy was like, oh my God, yes, it's the, it's the worst. I hate that. It takes up so much time. And Casey's like, I got you. Check this out. Right? He understood the problem so he knew exactly how to, how to solve it um, with toast. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, those guys bought. And that's been a theme that I've seen over and over again in my career is really understanding the problem is, is, is key to success in sales.
0: I love it. Yeah. And that's, that's actually really good insight. Very small nugget there, but actually big impact. So you all really think about like, what is the actual problem? How are we solving going to the market and then applying to each persona's responsibilities? And, you know, as we wrap up this interview, I always ask this last question to every single person that comes on. And this ties in exactly what we've been talking about, which is what is the number one piece of advice that you give to SDR, BDRs as they're entering into their new role?
1: I think the advice I give is uh, we think of the Toast SDR program as like your fifth year of college, and except we're paying you—you're not not paying us. (laughs) You know, when you come to work every day, we've got a really fun environment, and the team is really supportive, and we we invest in each other a lot. Um, But. The folks that come in here and they see it as a chance to learn every single day and get better every single day, and they're really focused on their career progression, those are the folks that do great. They, they really do. So my advice to folks is take advantage of all of the opportunities that we've set up for you here. Don't, don't squander them. Read as many books as you can while you're in SDR. Listen to as many demos from account executives as you can while you're in this role. Like Never let a day go by when you're not learning something right so we want these folks to think of themselves like learning machines like learn leap repeat i heard that on a podcast recently and it stuck with me learn something leap ahead in your skill set and then do that over and over and over again um so that's the advice that i have for for folks that come into the program is just keep learning and keep developing and and you'll you'll advance your career and uh it'll just happen if you just if you just focus on that i think it'll be impossible not to get promoted
0: Absolutely love it. Learn, leap, repeat. I really, really like that. Hope you all taking notes on that one. So, Adam, before we wrap up here, any last words that you have? Shout outs you want to do? Comments? Last piece of nuggets that you want to share with the audience?
1: Totally. This podcast is probably making it seem like I'm taking. Uh, I'm, I'm probably taking way too much credit for a lot of what we've built. I've got an incredible team here. They're actually the ones that turned me onto your podcast, right? So, it didn't I didn't have to go and tell them, "Hey, listen to podcast." They found you right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I got to give a shout out to a lot of my uh, managers on the SDR team. Brittany DeSantez, uh, who put us in touch, and uh, PJ Boudreaux is like, really leading the way on the, our inbound SDA team. All of our uh, Jaime Ferreros, who's leading the way out here in our Omaha office, which is where I am right now. We've got a second uh, SDR hub in, in Omaha, which is, which is cranking. And then all the frontline managers, they, they, they are the ones that are really making the difference for these SDRs as they're coming through. So, Ali Kopp and Sam Green and uh, Taylor Webster and Catherine Baxter and Jackson Brewer and uh, Peter Scarpato and uh, holy sh! I really hope I didn't forget anybody. But um, oh, uh, Alex Gunn is and Aaron Mosby and Justin Sunny See, I did I did forget a few, right? So, my management team is, is incredible and um, really all of the credit should go to them because they're the ones that are, are making the difference there. So, um, again, thank you so much for for having me on this podcast. And more importantly, thank you for doing this podcast because I think it's really helpful for our industry.
0: Well Adam, thank you so much, it means a lot. It started off as me as an SDR just making these videos and it's you know growing into what it is today and I'm super excited to be able to share insights where people can continuously get jobs, learn and get promoted off of this. So Adam, thank you so much.
1: How many keep dialing t-shirts do you have?
0: Oh. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I have, I have a good amount. Um, and I have, like, for me personally, it's, I have, like, okay, like, I got of travel, so I entertain them. But yeah, I have a lot that I'll just hand out during sales trainings, um, that I hand out during events, uh, you know, because a lot of people are like, yo, where do I get a shirt? Like, I got you. So you always got to come prepared, right? Yeah, so, your
1: brand is great, man. It's awesome. Yeah, keep doing you. I
0: appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, as I always say, guys, keep bowing, and I'll see you guys soon.